Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Con Ganas podcast, I'm talking about loving your body, creating a relationship that you're proud of with what you see in the mirror, being content and happy with who you are. I'm talking physically. So yes, I'm talking about our physical bodies and creating a relationship with our physical bodies that we feel at peace with. And I think it's so important, this topic, for us women Because sometimes I think that we're not given the permission to love ourselves just as we are. It's almost like we're conditioned to be unhappy about our physical bodies so that we're always chasing after this aesthetic or ideal of what we see in the magazines and on social media. And so with this podcast, I would like to open up by saying that If everything in the universe exists as a possibility for me, and that is a mantra that I have written on my bathroom, then there is a possibility of being able to love and accept myself and my body as is. And it's interesting because it's something, this subject I've wanted to talk about because very recently, and I mean say very recently, in the last, like I would say three years after I turned 40, I had a big, huge aha moment when it comes to my physical body and my relationship with myself in front of the mirror. And I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's just because I'm always opening myself up to different like ways of thinking, like the possibility of thinking outside the box, outside of what the norm is. And I remember, I just remember I had this one experience where I was going to the beach and I happened to be, you know, a couple more pounds than I was comfortable with in a bikini. And I was going to be going on the boat with my parents and I put on my bathing suit. And I had this moment where I looked in the mirror and it was one of those things that, you know, those moments that tend to repeat itself where you just look at the mirror and your, 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 your negative voice comes on and it starts insulting you. And, and I remember the voice was like, look at your cellulite and look at your stomach and you need to get on a diet and you need to start exercising more. And it was like, it was this rant that I saw coming on, right? That I was very familiar with. But the difference between this day and all the other days is that for some reason, I didn't let the rant continue. And there was another voice that came in that came in very like matter of fact and very, um, very bought in a very bossy way and in a very secure way that said, uh, 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 Valentina, you are not headed down that path today. 
You are not going to allow yourself to say those mean things to yourself. And that voice kind of took me aback. So I was like, oh, I'm not. I'm not going to let myself say what I normally say negatively to myself in the mirror. And that voice, that positive voice was like stronger for some reason that day and said, no, absolutely not. You are beautiful just the way you are. And I remember looking at my body and the defects that I normally saw in it, like the things that I really critiqued about my body naked, for example, like my stomach, a little bulge in my stomach or like my cellulite. I remember looking at those things and going, you know what? I love you anyway, Valentina, cellulite and tummy and all. And I'm going to strut this cellulite to the beach just like is. I am not covering up anything today. And it was, <laughs> it was funny because I had, you know, I said that out loud and then all of a sudden I started laughing and I couldn't stop laughing at like myself. And it felt so good because I felt so liberated because for the first time, I feel like I had a voice that I was waiting to show up since I was born <laughs> or maybe not since I was born, but since I started to believe maybe as a teenager that, you know, who I was physically wasn't attractive enough or beautiful enough or sexy enough, whatever, you know, I was like, it's like, I'd been waiting for that voice to come out. And then I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe it took me <laughs> until the age of, I don't know, it was like a couple of years ago that happened, 41, 42. can't believe I waited this long to say this, this to myself. And it feels so good to really not care and to just be happy with myself. Not that I don't think that I could become healthier or more toned or more fit because there are ideals that I still aspire to when it comes to my body. But at least I don't, I'm not going to come from a place of hate. I'm not going to, I'm not going to depreciate my body. I'm not going to be insulting my body. I'm not going to be talking in this very negative and, and mean way to myself. And it was like a day where I made the decision to no longer do that. Now, mind you, you know, from that day forth, it's not like I've ever looked in the mirror and it's not like that negative voice has never come back. But I will say that voice is so much weaker because my higher like intelligence the voice that comes from within that knows better quiets that, that negative talk very quickly now. And I don't permit to like indulge in the self-loathing that I once used to. Now, I don't know what the relationship that you have with your body is, but I will say that I do know what it means to hate your reflection in the mirror. So I, I've done dance my whole life since I was like three years old. And in the dance world, particularly in ballet, there is a very specific type of body that you want to have. And mind you, like dance was like the most important thing for me since I was like three until I was like 18, until I like left for college. I was part of, of like a dance company when I was in high school. I was in the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music studying ballet. And I always felt that my body was never like beautiful enough because what we considered beautiful or what we consider beautiful in the, in the, in the world of dance, at least when I was doing it, was a very thin, thin, thin type of body. And I was just not born 
with that body type. I have more of like a, a muscular. When I do, when I do exercise, I tend to gain muscle very, very easily. And when you're a dancer, particularly a ballet dancer, and that's what I really wanted to be, what you want is like really thin limbs. And I'm actually have kind of, I have heavy bone structure. <laughs> so I didn't have the ideal of what I wanted. And I remember like just wishing that I had a different body. But of course, this is the body that God had given me. I had a butt. And I remember my ballet teachers telling me all the time, stick your butt in, put your butt in, put your butt in. And I'm like, I'm sticking my butt in. I just have this Latin butt that I can't get rid of. <laughs> so even if I was like, I was, you know, I was never, I, I wouldn't consider myself ever like overweight. I was definitely overweight though in the standards of ballet class always. I don't know if I would consider myself anorexic at, in those moments, but I had my, let's say my encounters with the devil of, of, of food disorders. So I remember wanting to like keep myself from eating and like wanting to develop or to create, to make my body, to morph my body into something that it wasn't. I had those periods of time, particularly when I was like 14 and 15 years old. And on several occasions, when in my last year of high school, I even tried to force myself to throw up um, because I just, I wanted that really thin, thin body so bad. Even though I think people around me would have never considered me, like I said, overweight, I considered myself overweight when I compared myself to the girls that had the ideal ballet body. And I think it's something that's very common in the dance world. In any case, obviously the relationship that I had with my body at that point was very was a very negative one. I didn't like what was staring back at me. I wanted to be like thin more than anything, you know? I just I wanted that ideal ballet body and and it was very it was very destructive the things that I would tell myself. Um, and then, you know, now I'm in the world, I've, I've been in the world of entertainment for a while and in the dance, I did musicals and I've, you know, I see a lot of people in the world of film and movies and commercials and aesthetics is something that um, that's very real. They want you to look a certain way. And when you don't fit that mold, it's so easy to want to hate yourself for not being the ideal of what everybody considers to be beautiful. I mean, I remember, it's interesting because I think it's like everybody wants what they don't have, right? When I was younger um, in Venezuela, I remember, yeah, people wanted to be blonde and light-skinned like me, but I wanted to be the way everybody else was over there. I wanted to have the darker skin and the darker hair. I wanted to get tan like my sister got tan. So it's funny how... It's almost like we want what, we, what we're not given and we have a really hard time reconciling who we are and what we see in the mirror with what our ideal image of ourselves would be. So that's why I think it's so important. And I know that although your story might be different from mine, I know that you can relate to this because whether they've you know, told you your whole life that you were overweight or that you were underweight, because uh, I think it works both ways. I have friends who were extremely skinny and they were naturally very, very skinny. And they were, they always had to, they wanted to actually gain weight. It was the opposite for them. I've seen that um, play out. Although the thing that people say is most common is obviously the wanting to lose the weight and the feeling overweight. In any case, I know that anybody who's listening to me, if you're a woman particularly, 
can relate to the sensation of not feeling beautiful enough. So I wanted to create this podcast to give you a couple of tips so that you too can start creating a relationship with your body that you're proud of. Because I know it's possible. And it's interesting. As I was preparing this, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to say out loud for the first time like ever, like out loud to a public that I'm content with where I am and with who I, who I see in the mirror. And I think it's almost forbidden in our culture to be okay with who we are. It's almost like we're made to, where it's like we have to almost say that we're unhappy. And if we say that we're happy with ourselves, it's like, <gasps> like a mortal sin. I don't know if you agree with this, but as I was, <laughs> as I was creating this, you know, the, 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 the content for this episode, I was thinking like, wow, like how am I going to be perceived by other women when I tell them that it's possible to love your body as is? Are they going to think I'm crazy? Is that going to be accepted? Now, before I continue, I just want to make something very clear uh, because I think that there's an erroneous miscon or a misconception that um, if you have a certain look that society deems beautiful, then you will have a higher chance or yeah, an easier time loving yourself and accepting your body in the mirror. And I think this is total bullshit. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, you know, I, since I work again in the industry of entertainment, um, there was once, there's a, a particular moment in time that I remember very vividly and that was very telling about the way the mind works and the insecurities of women towards their bodies and the relationship that they have with themselves. And, and I remember being in shock that day because I was like, whoa, I never thought this was possible. So I'm with, I'm in this group and it was, it was in an acting class and there's a group of women, um, most of them very young in their twenties, beautiful women. I'm talking about women that we were like, Oh yeah, what I consider drop dead gorgeous. Like some of the models that were actually models in the industry, small models slash actresses or whatever. And the exercise in the room was that we had to say something that we were insecure about in our bodies. And as I as <laughs> as the exercise started, I was like looking around the room and I'm like, well, what the hell are these girls gonna say about their body? They're like perfect. There's like nothing that they could possibly be insecure about. I'm literally looking at these women going, you guys are skinny. You guys are like beautiful. You're young. You have like flawless skin, beautiful hair. Look at those eyes. Like you have no makeup and you still look like you came from a, a music video. Like literally. Okay. Like a lot of these women were that, you know? Um, so I was thinking that as we went around the room and we got to the more beautiful women that there was going to be less let's say less trauma or less, um, less friction between them and the relationship with their bodies. And I thought that the women in the room that I considered to be less attractive or less attractive in our society, we're going to have, we're going to be the ones having the harder time, um, with the exercise. Cause they had, they, I would, in my head, I was like, I was predisposed or I was erroneously thinking that, 
you know, they were going to have a, a lot of a hard, like a harder issue or a harder time accepting themselves and loving themselves with the body that they were given. And the exercise turned out to be like mind blowing because the exercise like demonstrated to me by the end that it has nothing to do with what you look like and everything to do with your interpretation of who you are. Let me repeat that. The relationship with you and your body has nothing to do with what you'd look like, has everything to do with what, with your interpretation of your body and who you are. I mean, I remember that some of the women in the, in the circle that I thought were the most beautiful were the ones that were more broken inside in terms with having a healthy relationship, you know, with themselves and their body. And on the flip side, uh, some of the women in the room that had the, you know, the less ideal look of what society deems, you know, beautiful were the ones, were some of the ones that had uh, more self-love. So I realized that the two things are mutually exclusive. What you look like and, <laughs> and your self-love are two different things. So I, I I want you to keep that in mind as we discuss the topic, because sometimes we could be very hard on some women and we could look at them on social media or it can point them out in, you know, in a group of women and say, oh, she's so beautiful because I think she's so beautiful. She must have absolutely no issues with her self-esteem or, or with her self-image. And I'm just here to say that that is so not true. <laughs> it is so not true because I work again in an industry where it's a lot about aesthetics and some of the most beautiful women that I know are the ones that are the least accepting and the most um, critical and hateful towards their physical body. So I just wanted to make that clear. And now a word from our sponsor. Here's a fabulous question, mamacita. What have you always wanted to try? Bachata classes? Bungee jumping? Becoming a world-class entrepreneur, glamping, French classes, a yoga retreat, anything is possible. The world is your playground. And Gold Peak Real Brewed Tea is here to unleash your thirst for trying. So go ahead, ignite new passions and rekindle old ones. Learn how to salsa, how to code, how to invest in crypto and NFTs, create a nonprofit, take up meditation, heck, go skydiving. Don't just put things on your bucket list. Do them. You might just fall in love with life all over again. Let's get real. Life's too short and you're worth it. Take this as a sign to say yes. Opt in. Go for it. Because trying is what life's all about. So try Gold Peak Real Brewed Tea and then try something new. Get creative. Because this taste is worth the try. Try Gold Peak. I think that when we're very critical of ourselves, it tends to be because we're very critical of others. So if you're one of those people who looks at yourself in the mirror and who's extremely critical of yourself in terms of your physical body and is like saying this, look at your stomach and look at your arms and look at your flabby neck and look at your wrinkles. And if you're one of those people who is extremely, extremely critical of yourself, but it's just like, it's toxic, it's venomous, then Ask yourself how that manifests when you look at other people. How critical are you of other people? 
Because we tend to do with ourselves what we do and we project onto others. So when we're very critical of ourselves, we tend to be very critical of others. And extremely critical in, in this scenario, when we're critical of our physical body, it's usually because we're extremely critical of everybody else's physical body around us. And so the exercise that I'm going to give you, which I think will not only give you compassion towards other, but will bring compassion to yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror, is to find something beautiful. Beautiful and aesthetically pleasing in every person you meet. Yes, you heard it right. Every person that you see on the street. Find something about them that's worth complimenting. Because I think one of the, one of the keys into transitioning from a self-image of hatred towards ourselves to a self-image of love towards ourselves is to start focusing on what's beautiful. And there's always something beautiful about us. There's always something that we can find about ourselves and about another person that we can compliment. And you might want to take the exercise further and actually compliment people out loud for that thing that you find in them that's beautiful. And you know, this is a very powerful exercise because if you really make it a point to find something beautiful in every person that you meet, and you start saying these compliments out loud to them, you might find people that probably never get compliments being completely taken aback. And you, you can make their day by complimenting them in a way that they're not used to hearing. And I think that is the most, one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give someone is to remind other individuals of how beautiful they are and the beauty that resides in them. And I also think that by focusing on the beauty that resides in others, you'll start also recognizing the beauty that you have. And yes, I'm talking about things that are physical. You have to find something. Everybody has something worth complimenting and something that's beautiful. And for some of you, it might be a very difficult exercise because you might see yourself as completely imperfect and then that imperfection, you see it in everybody else. But the more you practice at this, the more beauty you're going to see in others and the more beauty you will in turn start seeing in yourself. And force yourself to find something beautiful about you when you look in the mirror. When you start seeing beauty in others, because if you see, you know, there's on the, on the other side, you might see beauty in others and then have a very hard time seeing it in yourself. And if that's the case, force yourself to look at the mirror and see, find something about you that is beautiful. I guarantee you, you will find it if you look for it. It could be your eyes, it could be your cheeks, it could be your hair, it could be your eyebrows, something. Whatever it is, it could be your fingernails, it could be your shoulders, whatever it is, something about yourself that you love. And start with that. Okay, that's the first tip. Okay, mamacita? Focus on something that you love about you and find things about other people that you love in them. Okay, this is tip number two. Is, 
and this is so important. <laughs> this is just the key to life in general is to have a sense of humor with yourself for goodness sakes. I feel like we take aesthetics so serious. And when we, when we examine ourselves in the mirror, it's like, you know, we're, we're so critical and so adultish that we forget to be like, to have a sense of humor with ourselves. And I'm telling you the sense of humor with my own body is what snapped me out of being so critical and hard on myself. The day when I looked at myself and saying, girl, you're going to take your cellulite and your, and, your, and your little tummy rolls to the beach today and you were going to have a good time. And I started laughing at myself was the day that I was able to get rid of all the seriousness and, 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 and like, ah, you know, like that energy <laughs> that's like so stagnant. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves, not take ourselves so seriously you know, when it comes even to beauty and to realize like, oh my gosh, this is so ironic, the world that I live in, you know, in the country that I live in, you know, I'm just, I'm giving you an example, you know, the country that I, that I, that I came from, you know, everybody's getting boob jobs because that's what's in. But then the country that I moved to, everybody wants small boobs and, you know, it, things like that where you can laugh about about the like the absurdity of humanity is like the moment you're going to realize, you know, I got to keep things light. I can't take things so seriously because that's the reality. So I'm from Venezuela originally, and but I didn't grow up there my entire life. I grew up between the United States, Venezuela, the United States and France. And the way that beauty is interpreted in the different countries is very, very different. And I think it was a blessing to see this because I was able to realize that beauty is not the same everywhere and that it is okay to find a way of like, that I could build my own interpretation of what beautiful was according to my dictates, not everybody else's. You know, I think that if I would have stayed in Venezuela for, you know, uh, you know, until now, I would probably have gotten a boob job there because that, you know, it became fa in, in fashion. It became fashionable in Venezuela, like years after I had left, you know, to have big boobs. That was just in fashion. When I left Venezuela, it wasn't a fashion. And then now, and for many years, um, like since I was in my 20s to now, it's still like very in to have these big boobs. And, and most women that are of a certain economic status have fake boobs. That's just what it is, you know? That is so not the case in France. Like when I moved to France, you know, have the fake boobs are not a thing at all. They're actually considered like vulgar. And, you know, breasts are like very, how do you say, it's not taboo in France. People go, women go topless. And yes, of course, there's a specific size that is you know, considered ideal, but in reality, like what's in in Venezuela is not at all what's in, in France. So it was interesting because I remember um, when I went there, some of my friends that had bigger boobs and I was like, oh my gosh, they have like, in my head, I was thinking they have like the perfect size boobs. And they were like, no, my boobs are too big. This is too much. And they wanted to cover it. So I just always found it comical. <laughs> That in one in one country, people wanted to have bigger breasts. And in the other country, they were like, oh, no, these are too big. I got to cover them up. So it made me realize how, you know what? This is a little bit absurd. Absurd. 
the way that we look at things and the, the pressure that we put on ourselves to meet the standards of what our society and our little, you know, our little part of the world deems to be beautiful. So anyways, tip number two is don't take yourself so seriously. Your body is, your body type is in somewhere in the world. I can guarantee you, whether you're super skinny or, or you consider yourself very overweight, your body type is in somewhere in the world. Okay, next. I think this has to do with what I just said. Tip number three. It's embrace what you were given. It definitely has to do with what I just said in the sense that, you know, like I said, there's, there's a place in the world where your body type is in, whether you believe it or not. Just, you know, embrace yourself for what you are. This took me a long time. Instead of fighting, I remember like, you know, you fight so much against, against who you are and what you see in the mirror. And the more we fight, you know, what resists persists. <laughs> and you're like kind of going against what you are instead of just enjoying what God gave you. Like I had to get to the point. The, and I think this is the, this is the reason that I, that I feel like I am where I am right now in the sense of feeling content and at peace with my body is that I just got to a point where I'm like, yep, this is what I am. I have this type of body. I don't have many hips. I don't have much of a waist either. I have small boobs. I'm going to be happy with my small boobs. I'm not going to desire them to be any, any bigger. And my butt is my butt. I have a Latin butt. It's there. But this is the body that I was given. And whatever body shape you have, mamacita, whether it's a pear-shaped body or whatever it is, just embrace it and, like, enjoy it. Another thing, I, <laughs> I find it funny, is my ideal body still, I think because of dance, is always slimmer. But I know that my husband enjoys me more when I'm bigger, which always kind of also makes me laugh because I'm like, okay, ideally Valentina feels better when she feels slimmer and when she's running more and when she's just like a lot, you know, less voluptuous. And my husband is the opposite way. He loves it when I'm like bigger, when my butt is bigger and everything is bigger. <laughs> I feel like that's what it is. So I find that funny, you know? And, and then at one day, you know, when I was looking in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was, I was at a point where I had gained a couple of pounds and I was definitely like eight pounds more than I like to be. I was like, and I was hating on myself, I was being very, very critical. I'm like, wait a minute. I am what I am. I'm just going to enjoy it the way it is. And my husband enjoys me like this. So I'm just going to embrace what I have for the moment. Doesn't mean I'm not going to exercise or, or that I'm not going to try to get more tone or more fit the way I like it. While I am the way I am, why don't I just enjoy my voluptuousness? Now, if you're listening to this and you, you know, you have a really hard time, like, being in your body and even, like, having a hard time conceiving, loving yourself as is, then my next advice to you would be to look at yourself through the lenses of somebody that loves you. So, or, or this, like if you were to see somebody, whoever it is, put somebody that you love in front of you, how do you talk to them? Now, if you're going to criticize their body, shame on you. <laughs> but the people I love, I will uplift and I will give compliments to, and I will love on them. 
and I will make them feel like worthy no matter what. I will tell them they look beautiful just the way they are. And it's not a lie. It's something that comes from the depth of my honesty. And sometimes we don't allow ourselves to look at ourselves from that point of view, from the point of view of somebody who genuinely loves us. So I invite you to look at yourself in the mirror naked and to look at yourself from the eyes of love and to tell yourself, I love you. And I know it's particularly difficult when there are some things that we're struggling against. And I'll tell you something that recently that happened to me. And it's one of the reasons also why I wanted to create this episode. But um, so I have for like three years now, two years now, I've had this like rash that grows like in between my eyes, right? And that where, you know, where you put your, your sunglasses, I have this rash that comes in and out. I don't know if it's stress. I've gotten a bunch of allergies tests done and the doctor doesn't know if it's eczema or psoriasis. They don't want to like, you know, last time I went to the dermatologist, which was last week, I was really frustrated because the irritation was completely gone when I was in Colombia for a month. It just disappeared, disappeared to the point where I thought, oh my God, I cured it for some reason. It's gone. I don't have to put out that strong medicine because I was, I've been using a medicine that's on and off. That's a very strong medicine, but the doctor says I shouldn't be using it very often because it's a steroidal medicine. It has like steroids or something in it and it thins out the skin. So I have to be careful, particularly since it's in my face, but I found no other choice but to use the cream sometimes because the irritation would get so bad. And so when I went to Colombia and the rash disappeared, I was so happy. I was like looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, I don't have that crocodile skin because it gets very like flaky and dry and like, and it has bumps. And so it looks horrible. And on top of that, then you know, I can't get away from the camera because I do my auditions for acting. And so I have to like <laughs> face the camera and I'm looking at myself, you know, doing these auditions and seeing the rash there sometimes. And I have to force myself sometimes to send the auditions. But since I have a better relationship with my body now, I've been literally blessing like my face and my eyes and saying, I love you. And even directly to the rash, I love you. Like giving it love, sending it love. Even in those moments where it feels like I'm going against everything. And I'm like, nope, I will love you. I will love you no matter what. Valentina, I will love you no matter what. I will love you physically no matter what. And it's really difficult, yes, on those moments where you look at yourself and you're just like, oh, no, 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 no. But I feel like even more so then we have to be even more grateful about the body that we have. I'll give you another example. Um, when I gave birth to my second biological son, Leonardo, he's five now. But when I gave birth, I remember, you know, when you when you, when you get pregnant, your, your body doesn't even feel like yours. You feel like your body's morphed into this thing that doesn't even belong to you. And the recuperation, if if you've gone through childbirth, you'll, you, you know, you'll know that it's it's a, it's a time where you have to like wrap yourself, like wrap your mind around the fact that your body has changed and that your body needs a time to adjust and to kind of come back to normal. 
and to, you know, and that we need to be loving during that time, during that transition period after, particularly after we've given birth um, and our stomach is still like hanging out there. You know, we have to be so loving and patient with ourselves. And I remember that's exactly around the time actually that I was working on my, so it's been more than that, that I was working on my body image uh, like really strongly. And I remember saying to myself a couple of days after birth, I would touch myself on my stomach, like my wobbly stomach. I looked like I had st I was still like five months pregnant, five, six months pregnant, even after giving birth. And I would touch my tummy and I would say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just remember thanking my body for everything it had done for me. I think sometimes we forget. We feel so angry at ourselves for not looking in the mirror and seeing what we want to see that we forget to thank ourselves, to thank our eyesight, to thank our hearing, to thank our skin, to thank like our, our ability to walk and do all these amazing things with our body. And so whatever part it is that you are having a hard time accepting, I invite you to touch that part of your body and to say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And no matter what, I promise to love you. And something happens when we do that with ourselves, when we allow ourselves to accept ourselves. It's almost magical. Something happens and we allow to re we allow, re allow ourselves to release this tension, this, this like hatred towards ourselves. And when we release that, we have the space for something else and the possibility of something entering our lives that's better. I think when we're really hating on ourselves is when we least want to show up for ourselves physically. The moment where we realize that we're going to love ourselves no matter what, we can start treating our bodies better. We start treating our bodies better because we know we're worth it. Because we know we're worthy of exercise. We're worthy of eating good food. We're like all those things are something that we want to do for ourselves because now we're at peace with the instrument that we've been given. We're not ornaments, right? We're instruments. So we're going to take care of our instrument more when we say, I love you, instrument. <laughs> You allow me to do all these beautiful things. And when we are more at peace with our bodies and we've accepted it, or at least in that space where we're really trying to work at accepting ourselves, because sometimes that there's a, there's a, there's a moment in time where we're like, okay, we've, I've decided I'm going to accept myself as is, but I'm not yet there where I'm feeling it. I know I have it in my mind, but I haven't connected the heart and mind are not heart, mind, body isn't yet joined, right? We know that intellectually, but it's not, it doesn't live within us. It's like, we're not living in that space yet, but we're trying to like bring that thought down to our body so we can process it. But um, in those moments where you're, where you're trying to enter that space of self-acceptance, you can start asking yourself things and ask your body because we forget when we're trying to escape our bodies and ignore our bodies, when we look at the mirror and we turn away or we look at ourselves in disgust, we forget to live in our body and touch base with our body and ask our bodies, what do you need me to do for you? How are you feeling? How are you doing? What do you need, body? What could I give you that you can feel more love? What can I give you so that you feel more love for me? 
Ask yourself, what do you need? Maybe your body will tell you, I need rest. I need more fruits. I need to drink more water. I need to move. I need to get up from this chair. I need to exercise. Remember how much fun exercise was when you were younger? And your body might start telling you things. When you start showing love to your body, your body might start showing up for you. But we have to be like the adults first, right? And give acceptance to our bodies so that our bodies can talk back to us and give us feedback. Maybe that feedback that's been so missing in our lives. And this will start conversations with ourselves. I think in a very important part, obviously, in any relationship are the conversations that we have with the people that we love, with our friends, with our family. And just like we have conversations with any other type of um, person that we're in a relationship with, you know, uh, creating an excellent and extraordinary relationship with our body requires that we have good conversations with us when it comes to our bodies. It, it requires loving conversations. It requires the changing of language. If we don't want the relationship of our with our bodies to be a toxic one, then we got to release the toxic language. We got to adopt loving language towards ourselves. Even if in the beginning we don't believe it, so I ask you, Mamacita, are you committed to creating an extraordinary relationship with your body? Are you committed to loving your physical body no matter what? Are you committed to finding something beautiful about you? Yes, that you can look at. Not just things about your personality, but your physicality. Finding something beautiful about your physical body no matter what. I'm committed to doing that with myself. Because I've decided that nobody else has to accept me physically, but I do. And when I do, I know that others then start doing so as well. But the love that I have for me starts here with me. I hope with all my heart that the things that I say resonated with you, that they help heal the wounds that you might have with your body. I pray that you're able to see the beauty that you have and that you find the strength within yourself to create an extraordinary relationship with your body. I want you to ask me questions. Go to mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 153. I'd love to have your thoughts on this topic. Do you struggle with your self-image? Do you have a hard time loving what you see in the mirror? Or are you somebody that's found peace with the mirror? Do you love what you see? And do you enjoy your body? Do you feel gratitude for it? Go to mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 153. Next week, I will be talking about this subject in Spanish. So if you have anybody that struggles with, that you know that struggles with their body image and that needs to hear this message, please forward episode 154 with them. I will be sharing that next week. In the meantime, share this one. And remember, you are beautiful, girl. Besitos. It's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras latinas. 
un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote, don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos. 